Hi, this is Malia Warner. Welcome to Power Principles, the podcast. Join me today as I crack open the myth of balance and explore what a balanced life means and if I even want it. This is episode 12, The Myth of Balance. Hi friends, welcome. This is a great episode today. So many of us have a goal of achieving balance. It's kind of a buzzword in the self-help world. Balance, balance, how to have balance, how to achieve balance, how to restore balance, how to maintain balance. Today I want to share some ideas and some stories to help us think about balance in a different way. I would like to propose that our goal is not to achieve balance, that our goal is to pursue balance. Now these are different things. Our goal is not to achieve and maintain balance. Our goal is actually to try to achieve and maintain balance. Think for a minute of trying to stand perfectly balanced. If you're somewhere where you can stand, you can actually do this. If you're driving, don't do this. Just keep listening and driving. Try to stand perfectly balanced. When you maintain balance, how are you? You're perfectly still, right? Your body is not moving. To be balanced is to be stagnant. To be balanced is to stay in one place. Now try to take a step forward. The minute you take a step forward, you step out of balance. All of the weight shifts onto your back leg. You're wobbling a little bit as you're trying to find your ground with your forward leg. The effort moves you out of balance. And that's a good thing. Progress in life requires us to move out of balance. So why is it that we emphasize balance so much in the self-help world? Because focusing on staying in balance actually keeps us from falling over. Our endeavors to maintain balance while moving forward are what keep us from completely crashing to the ground. I used to believe that achieving balance was my life's goal. I visualized a balanced life as a kind of utopia, a paradise of bliss and perfection. I believed that once I attained this promised land of balance, I could kick off my shoes and find a reclining chair and bask in the light of balance's sunny beaches. In my mind, I had an image of what a balanced life would look and feel like. My balanced life would look organized, clean, planned out. Everything would be in order Everything would happen on schedule and everything would go exactly as planned. In my balanced life, I would feel unstressed, calm, settled, grounded, and in control of every aspect. In my mind, I had a picture of waking up early before my kids and spending my time in prayer, meditation, journal writing, exercising, cooking a hot, nutritious breakfast, and showing up on time and prepared for all of my appointments in a day. Perfect balance. As a mother with four young children, my life more closely resembled what Mater would call a tornado in a trailer park. But with great hopes and ambitions of achieving balance, every night I would set my alarm to wake up early before the kids so that I could start my day with exercise and prayer and a good breakfast. Then somewhere around 1.30 a.m., one of the four chitlins would wake up with a stomach flu, and I would spend the next several hours scrubbing regurgitated spaghetti noodles with marinara sauce out of our white carpet, sleepily spilling laundry detergent into the washing machine, and trying to decide whether it was better to put a new set of clean sheets on the bed knowing that those would also get thrown up on, but at least the mattress would be protected, or just wrap the child in a clean blanket 
knowing that round two of projectile vomiting would end up on the mattress and I would end up scrubbing out the mattress. By 6 a.m. when the ring of the morning alarm signaled the arrival of my spiritual meditation, I stretched out my puke-smeared hand, yanked the cord out of the outlet, and stuffed the alarm clock in my nightstand drawer. Sometime later, without morning scripture study, without morning exercise, and without cooking a hot, nutritious breakfast, I would drowsily pour Fruit Loops into a bowl and open the fridge only to realize that we had exactly one teaspoon of milk. So then I would pack everyone in their pajamas, including myself, into the car and go to the store for milk and Pedialyte. And this is the point where I truly became the picture of an unbalanced woman. Since I'm going to the store and I don't want to make another trip later, I grab my ads and my coupons. After going up and down every aisle and checking out, I'm trying to get out of the store. Over my left arm, I'm lugging a 30-pound tub of chub in an infant carrier, and the weight is pulling my back into spinal contortions meant only for troop members of Cirque du Soleil. And on the other side of my body, I'm supporting 60 pounds worth of plastic grocery bags strung all the way up my right arm, cutting off the blood circulation. Toddler number one is scraping chewed gum from the pavement, and toddler number two is climbing onto the motorized dinosaur that some childless idiot sets up directly in front of the store entrance. By some miracle, I make it to my car, arrive back home, and unload the groceries. I have sour cream, bananas, rice, cauliflower, cream of chicken soup, it was on sale, cheese, a can of water chestnuts. Do I have milk? No. Do I have Pedialyte? No. I got everything I didn't need and forgot the two things that I went to the store for in the first place. And tell me, do I feel balanced? No. Do I feel like the world's biggest mom failure? Bet you my double chin and jiggly baby belly I do. I consider my day and myself a complete failure. I berate myself for waking up late and for being so unorganized and forgetful and out of balance. And I believe that all I need to do to remedy the situation is to get more organized and more in balance. Oh, my friends, and especially my mama friends with littles at home, this is where we really misunderstand the concept of balance. The problem with my utopic paradigm of a balanced life is that it's not real. It's not attainable. And so it set me up for failure. Thankfully, about this time of my life, I accidentally met a personal trainer who completely flipped my paradigm about balance and saved my life and my sanity. Oh, and he helped me tone my calf muscles in the process. After my fourth child was born, my body felt like it had been flattened by a Big Mac truck, but doctors didn't really have any specific treatment to help me get feeling better, and I was starting on a long journey of personal healing. I joined a local gym on a New Year's promotion, and the sign-up bonus was free six months working with a personal trainer. Now, I'm not your work-with-a-personal-trainer kind of girl. Actually, I was hoping for the six months of free gym daycare. But alas, it was free and I wasn't going to let it go to waste. At my first appointment, I spotted a kind and gentle and unusually buff granny working with a client. And I thought, oh, that's her. That's my trainer. That's the trainer for me. Not so. I got Sean. Sean was a 20-something cocky jock type with medium-sized pectoral muscles and a biggie-sized ego. Sean struts over to me and he gives me the twice over from my greasy ponytail to my baggy old lady shirt to my stained drawstring sweatpants to my old worn out gym shoes. And I'm not even kidding about this. I have a dried puddle of orange pedialyte puke on the toe of my tennis shoes. 
He sizes me up and he says, let's start with chin-ups. So Sean starts working with me, and after realizing that I'm a creature highly affected by the pull of gravity, he takes me to a corner where the floor is flat and I can be closer to the ground. He teaches me an arm workout. 10 reps of curls, 10 reps of lateral lifts, 10 reps out front, 10 reps arms cross. With practice, I'm getting the rhythm and the counting, and I'm starting to feel more confident and coordinated, and I'm thinking, wow, I must really be impressing him, and I'm expecting a compliment. Instead, he puts five pound weights in my hands. So I try the workout with the weights and it's like I have to learn the whole thing all over again. The momentum of lifting the weights throws me off balance on my feet. So I work with the weights for a while, 10 reps in front, 10 lateral lifts, and I'm practicing learning to ground my feet in deeper. I work on that for a while and I'm getting pretty good at it and I think Sean's going to be really impressed and tell me good job. But when he comes back, he grunts and he drops this thing at my feet. I don't know the technical term for this piece of exercise equipment, but it looks like a flying saucer or like the planet Saturn. It's a ball with a ring around it. And Sean helps me to stand on the ring and he holds my sweaty hand, which is really awkward, while I try to find my balance on this ball. Then I start the whole arm routine without the weights while struggling to balance on the ball. 10 reps of curl, 10 reps lateral lifts, 10 reps out in front, 10 reps with arms crossed. He leaves me and I'm weebling and wobbling and rolling forward into a stack of weights and I crash into the mirror. I am completely uncomfortable, uncoordinated, and incapable of this exercise. Sean comes back in a few minutes and asks, how's it going? And I say, nothing about this feels right. I feel completely out of control. I am completely off balance. I was doing better when I was on the floor. Can't I go back to doing it on the floor? And Sean says this, it's not supposed to feel comfortable. You are not supposed to feel balanced. And as soon as he says that, Sean can see in my face that I'm about ready to run from the gym screaming. And this is when I discover that Sean is actually a really nice guy. He says to me, stop focusing on how awkward you feel. Stop worrying that people are judging you. Instead, pay attention to what your leg muscles feel like. Feel how the muscles are correcting you. When you tilt too far to the right, your leg muscles fire up and grab your body and correct you back to center. It's the imbalance that is making your leg muscles smarter and stronger. Being off balance is what's building your strength. On the floor, you might feel more in control, but you're doing nothing to develop your core muscles. And that, my friend, is how Sean, the personal trainer, taught me that life is not about achieving balance. Life is about struggling to achieve balance. Yes, it's all another reminder that life is not about a destination. The growth is in the journey. And if the process feels like a struggle, then you are probably doing it right. Stepping into any new phase of life throws us out of balance. Becoming a college student when we just gotten used to high school throws us out of balance. Leaving to be in the military or to do a service mission throws us out of balance. Returning from the military, returning from a service mission throws us out of balance. To become a mother or a father is to be thrown completely off balance. 
In my 20s, I had just kind of figured out single life, adulting on my own, paying bills and scavenging for my own meals. I was just getting kind of good at it and expecting a compliment when that personal trainer in the sky adds a husband to my workout, followed very shortly by one and then two babies, and wham, I'm teetering and tottering, I'm weebling and wobbling and doing my best not to fall over. My message for you mamas out there is do not judge yourself for feeling off kilter. Mothering is a constantly changing workout. You're just starting to master one skill when another challenge gets thrown into the mix. So instead of focusing on how out of balance and out of control you feel, focus instead on your muscles. Stop worrying that people are judging you. Instead, pay attention to how you feel. Pay attention to your core muscles. What strengths are you developing? What skills are you honing in this process? Because here is the truth. Imbalance is what brings growth. It is impossible to grow by standing still. What is that saying? There is no growth in the comfort zone and there is no comfort in the growth zone. Thus, our personal growth and progress in life requires periods of imbalance. Babies are actually great examples for this. A baby learning to walk is the picture of striving for balance. First, they learn to sit up. And to be able to sit up, they have to develop the core muscles in their stomach. Then they start to crawl. Then they start to pull themselves up on furniture and taking a hesitant step from the couch to the end table. And through all of this process, there is a lot of falling down. And the falling down is essential. A baby's process of falling down, getting back up, falling down, getting back up is essentially building the very muscles that will lead them to walk and then to run and then to climb to the top of your refrigerator and clean out all of the leftover Christmas candy. I hope after hearing this podcast today that you will feel more comfortable and more able to embrace periods of temporary imbalance in your life. We all have periods of imbalance. Life is a constant scale teetering between opposite values. For example, in mothering, my scale teeters between nurturing and independence. On one side, I want to nurture and care for my children. On the other side, I want my children to learn how to be independent and take care of their own needs. And as a mother, I'm always on the ball standing in between these two opposite values, sometimes leaning more into the nurture and care, like when they're awake at 1.30 in the morning with the stomach flu. And leaning into that value of care and nurture is what strengthens my relationship with my children and my love for my children. Our relationship as mother and child grows because of this imbalance of leaning into the nurture and caring. Then my core muscles will remind me to not lean too far into the nurture and caring, that I need to also balance the independence. And so at an age, my child will be up at 1.30 with a stomach flu washing their own sheets and scrubbing out the carpet for themselves. And the next morning when I found out they were awake in the night while I was sleeping, I'll feel a tug in my heart, a twinge of sadness that they're growing independent and that they don't need my constant nurture and care as much anymore. And that imbalanced lean towards the scale of independence helps us as mother and child grow and strengthen a new relationship preparing for the time when that child will actually leave home to become an independent adult. A prime example of a temporary period of imbalance is if you ever do any remodeling. To step into a remodeling project in your house throws everything else in your life completely out of balance. Suddenly you're trying to wipe enough drywall dust off of your kitchen stove so you can cook dinner which you're going to eat on paper plates. And you're all wearing the cleanest dirty outfit out of the laundry hamper because you can't access the washing machine. 
We did a lot of remodeling in our house a couple of years ago, and even just thinking about it makes me start to twitch. For months at a time, life was really what I would call out of balance. But our family muscles grew stronger in the process. We worked together on a lot of the projects. We took down old walls and constructed new walls and built our home to be an environment that fit us as the Warner family. And though it was really a struggle to keep life going during the remodel process, today our home is a tool of strength. It serves us well, and we developed a lot of skills in the process of remodeling. So what do you think now about the quest for balance? What does a balanced life mean to you, and do you even want it? My wish for you is to embrace the imbalance, to stop focusing on how uncomfortable or out of control it feels, and focus instead on the growth. Focus on your core muscles, your skills, your character, the inner strength you are developing through the process of imbalance. Thank you for joining me on today's episode. I wish you a great week embracing the growth and power that comes with imbalance. This is Malia Warner. I'll see you back here next week for another great episode of Power Principles, the podcast.